Welcome back to Main Street Hangouts. Today we, uh, we're in with another interview, but first let's get to the intro. Zach Weston. What's up, everybody? Um, I, just because as I, uh, the intro was playing, I thought about it because we are both, as we both produce a little bit, and big fans of Arcade. Yeah. That the piano itself were from, was from Arcade. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, which line? Oh, man, I have no idea. <laughs> I think I tried searching like jazz or something. The jazz one's good. I love, uh, I love the 70s. Yeah, the seventies and like, um, there's so many, dude. There's so many. Chopped is so good, and then like ingredients. Mm, top yeah. three. Yeah, yeah. Top three. Yeah, that was just one I thought I had to point out, or I just remembered about, cause yeah, I do love me some arcade sometimes. For anyone who doesn't know what arcade is, great plugin. We'll do a little ad read for arcade. Basically, like you <laughs> imagine, like you got like all these different sample libraries, and then each different key on your keyboard is a different sample. It's a super unique way to chop things up and and kind of make some unique stuff. Yeah, very much. And they have their own little, like, loops, effects, too, mm -hmm. said. So, no, very clever and a uh, big fan, big fan. Uh, so, you, again, uh, we got another artist in the building. Um, and for people uh, who haven't seen you uh, live, heard your music, talk about yourself. What's your upcoming with it? What's yeah, for sure. your music? So, um, like I said, my name is Zach Weston. Um, I'm, I literally just turned 24. I've been rapping since I was like, Happy belated, then. thank you. Thank you. Um, I, yeah, I've been rapping since I was like 12, 13. Um, started recording myself when I was about 15. I've been making beats for about the same amount of time. And basically I describe my style. Like if you go on my Spotify, my bio says it's an amalgamation of like conscious lyricism, nineties, boom bap and early 2010s production. And that's like a pretty good way to sum it up. But on top of that, um, I think some of the like the common themes amongst what I talk about because one thing that I find a lot of artists have a lot like a hard time with is is discussing what they're talking about in their music. Like when they're asked about it, they're like, you know, I don't really know, just my life and stuff. But I really like I'm I'm really advocating for like following what you believe in and like doing what you want to do as opposed to just kind of following the narrative of what everyone else around you tells you that you should do. Right. Um, and uh, I produce a lot of my own stuff too. I. You know, sometimes I'll be buying beats from my friends and stuff, but, um, or like, you know, in MBM, there's a few producers that I talked about working with. We can get into that, MBM and all that, because uh, yes, we both went to that. But as far as like stylistically and some of the people that inspire me, like, uh, I've always been taking influence from like the height of hip hop's digital mixtape era. So people like, you know, Mac Miller and Logic and Chris Webby and uh, Wiz Khalif is a big one too. People of that realm are the ones who really uh, stood out to me. Oh yeah, very much like uh, Jay Rich from what I'm hearing in a sense. Yeah, him and I got real similar influences for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was writing stuff down and I went, yeah, Chris Webby for sure. And then because I know you've done a few, uh, you've opened for him a few times. I opened for Chris Webby once, but I've talked to him a few times. I've met him and I've talked to him a few different times. Oh, just once you've opened? I yeah, yeah. Well, um... I can't talk about the future, but but in the past I've only done I've only done one. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, um, but he uh, he's a great dude. Chris Webby's sick. He uh, yeah, I got to meet him. Um, 
like way back I like my parents got me like a meet and greet like when I was younger probably like 18 or 19 um as like a birthday present my brother and sister and I all had a meet and greet so that was the first time I met him and then there was a point like 2020 where I was part of the promotion team that was booking him for a show but his whole tour got canceled so mm-hmm. before that cancellation I was on a video call with his road manager and him just kind of discussing like I wasn't the only person on the call there was a bunch of people with me too but um, we were just kind of discussing some of the like the details for that Peter Bro show specifically but that ended up getting canceled and then um, another promoter who I now work for, um, Brandon Bird from the Diamond Mine Agency, he booked me to open for him in London, and so that just happened uh, back in May. Dope. Yeah, it was sick as fuck. Hell yeah, cause, and I've also seen recently, uh, you've opened for so many other uh, people. Yeah. You, you, not too long ago, you did one for Afro Man. Afro Man is so Which, dope. that was probably, that was sick as fuck. <laughs> yeah, man, like... I'm not going to lie, the Chris Webby one meant the most to me so well, yeah. far, because he's yeah. the biggest influence like regarding music, and he's, he's my favorite rapper. Um, but Afro Man, dude, like that's a legend, legend. That's oh, no, a, yeah. yeah, that's, that's like, that's, yeah, and I, <laughs> that was a wild one, too, because the promoter who, like, again, I, he's, he's my boss now, but um, that Afro Man show was actually pretty much where him and I started talking about me working for him, but that night, he put me on like right before Afro Man. Like I was the last wow. person on right before him. So he actually got to see a little bit of my set from his green room. That's nice. So after the show, I went up and met him, and he was like, man, you all right? You all right? I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Now, uh, because I know you got on, and I thought you got on through, uh, wait, no, wait. I was just gonna say Peter Jackson. No, I know PJ. Um, I've gotten him. Uh, so I've, I've, uh, the artist I manage, Bru Castellano, who I was actually going to talk to you about off air. I think he'd be a great guest for this too. Um, Hell yeah. Brew Costello. I got him on the show with uh, Tony Yeo and Peter Bro, and that was through Peter Jackson. But um, yeah, he does. Peter Jackson. I don't know if he works for or if he owns Nine O Nickel Entertainment. I think he, he owns, owns it. it. And yeah, so a lot of the tours go through him. But um, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of other promoters too in Canada. It's not just PJ necessarily. Even in the hip hop yeah. realm, like there's a bunch. Moto Live does a lot of stuff. I'm sure you heard a little bit about them through MBM. Um, I know like they're they're slightly associated with some of the people in MBM, but um, like they just did. Uh, they actually did the Toronto show for Token. Oh, um, fire! Yeah, and uh, I think. Uh, who else are they bringing through? Mercules. They're doing the Mercules shows that are about Fire. to happen. Some no. of those. Um, yeah, the Diamond Mine Agency is the one that I'm most associated with. And oh, okay. that's, uh, I met them back. They booked me to open for Dizzy Wright and Mad Child back in Peterborough. And, tw- and I, I, we, I know Jay Rich was talking about doing the, doing a show on that tour too. Um, I think his was through PJ. Yeah, I got on through, it. yeah, I got on through the Diamond Mine Agency. And then him and I just kept in contact ever since. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Cause I wasn't sure. I thought you were you went through uh, Peter Jackson and all that a little bit more, but no, you were. No, no, I have a I have a different connection. Who yeah. also works with PJ? Um, the Diamond Mine Agency kind of. It's an interesting one because they they book a lot of tours like full tours, but then they also just do like little one off shows. So like for example, if Nine O Nickel is bringing in, like for example, the Dax tour. Mm. Like the Diamond Mine Agency might book like the Ottawa show or like the Sudbury right. show or whatever. Yeah, like they, they're they very the East Side. Yeah, they're they're booked. Yeah, they're based out of Ottawa and uh, they do tours all over the place. They got you know Randy from Trailer Park Boys. They're doing yeah. Alberta and uh, BC. That's gonna be sick. I'm going out on the road with um, 
Uh, Steel Panther. I'm excited oh, about that. I'm going on the road with Steel Panther in a yeah. few weeks. That's going to be sick. We're doing a lot of their Canadian dates. Um, got a lot of stuff coming up with them. Hell yeah. I know I messaged, I think it was the Diamond Mind, because um, they had a little TJ out, right? Yes. I I definitely mess. I emailed them for J Rich, and they responded, but they were because uh, J Rich is not Ottawa based. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, all right, but definitely gonna. I'm definitely I follow them online, so I'm definitely keeping up because. Yeah, the thing with Diamond Mine is like he like my boss specifically Brandon. He's kind of more. Um, he's more on the back end of like booking all of the stuff that. Uh, like all the details for the show. So like he does handle a lot of the local openers. So he's a good person to keep in contact with for sure. What was it? Your inspirations of Wiz, Logic, Chris, Mac that made you this think I'm going to rap or what was that whole start of it? So it's actually a little deeper than just like, just the influences themselves. Like I've always, first of like the first genre of music, I really gravitated drums when I was like seven. So I always wanted to be in a band, but that rely like you have to you're very reliant on other people to show up and do what they got to do to you know be able to create if you're in a band and the thing that really interested me with hip hop is that it's just you you know what i mean you can get beats from whoever and uh just do your own thing without having to rely on a whole band to be there so i think that's what interested me about hip hop at first and then eventually like it just kind of it was the one thing that I saw myself really progressing at like a good rate with. Um, I was into skateboarding and stuff and like for a while I wanted to be like a professional skateboarder when I was really young but like you know eventually come to the realization that's just not like I wasn't getting that good at skateboarding but I can get really good at making music. Fair. Although I have seen your clips online when you did post because uh, I, I know you had a clip on your Instagram if I'm not mistaken Yeah. It, at the Boys and Girls Club. And that's in the indoor skate park yeah, before yeah. I got to tear down. Yeah. yeah, I just that was like one of the first times I hit the handrail. I did a board slide down the handrail. That was that was cool. Yeah, there's a few clips on there from from back in the day. Um, we did a whole skate video. There's it's still out there. Vane X twenty fourteen V A Y N X twenty fourteen. Look it up on YouTube. You still find that shit. <laughs> it's a skate video me and a bunch of my friends made when we were in like grade ten. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been to the? Have you seen the new skate park? It's sick. Yeah, it's, oh, it's so brilliant. I've been there. I haven't like skated it because I don't really skate anymore, but I went and checked it out one night. Yeah. Now you were a part of doing the music. Yeah. Like I was real. Cl- I've always been real closely associated with them since like 2018. Basically I met Jason at like the first show I ever did. Um, Jason's the, the main, you know, founder and uh, operator of doing the music. Um, they started out as a uh, recording studio in Oshawa, open to the public. Now it's a private studio still in Oshawa, but <laughs> It's a little bit more, it's not just open booking. You kind of have to know Jason to be able to record there. Right. Um, he is awesome. He's been DJing for me since way back. He did some of the first shows I ever did. Like I said, um, like from a DJ standpoint, he was, he was, you know, on stage playing my tracks with me. And uh, there's always been a lot of good chemistry there. You even, did you not have him DJ for, uh, was it April 7th or no, 17th or something? Yeah, he was the, at the, he was at the Oshawa show. Music um, Awards, or no, not no awards, uh, Oshawa Music Week, there we go, Oshawa Music yeah. Week Showcase, the Hip Hop Showcase, and that was awesome, that was a great show, I forgot about that kind of until now. No, it was super good, it was well done. Yeah, man, thank you. Um, that was part of a school project, so yeah, yeah for anyone who doesn't know, I, also one thing, I, I spent the last two years in a music business program, and uh, one of the last assignments that we had for like the ending of the second year was 
to actually put together an event and see how it goes. And we absolutely packed out this little small room in Oshawa and they had a great hip hop show. It was great. Yes, sir. You had, we had, um, you top man, Miko, top man, Miko. I liked him a lot. He's so sick. No, he was actually, I liked his vibe. That's my Uh, guy, dude. He's so good. He was in my year. Um, was he in the program too? Yeah, he was in my year. Oh, he, uh, okay. he was he was doing like a reduced course load though. He wasn't in all my classes, but I think he was in like marketing, um, and a few others for sure. And then you had Asher Small. He's so dope too. He's he's a great artist. Dope. He's all he was also in my year. Uh, Jay Rich put on my guy Jay Rich. And then our guys four twenty click four twenty clash. Oh shit! I almost knocked over the microphone. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, four twenty clicks great. They are. Probably they I I saw them and I was like, these guys these guys are fucking sick and they also are one of the more prominent groups in Oshawa so I felt like that was a good fit. Yeah, I was gonna say recently I think after all that I've seen a lot of uh, postings of other people like or from them the, uh, opening for others. Oh yeah, they're about to go open for Mercules in like a month. Yeah, I think that was the one. So I saw sick. Too. Yeah. No. And they also uh, they open for Millie's, they open for Dave East out in Toronto. They're they're getting some good shows for sure. Oh yeah. Um, now was it uh, from doing uh, from being a part of doing the music? I know you sold shirts and stickers. <laughs> yeah. Was that yeah. through them or was no? That, that was me, dude. That, that was, was just that you. Was just me. So my mom is like, um, she has like this little like side business where she like makes shit like. Uh, she has a shirt press, and so okay. I was like, okay, I'm just going to take advantage of the fact my mom already has all this equipment here. I bought my own materials, like my own like blank shirts and all the vinyl and shit, and just spent like hours making, like, I think I made 50 was the first run I ever did of shirts. And how well did that do? Uh, I mean, I sold them all. It was great. Oh, it, yeah. it took a while. Okay. It took oh, a it took a yeah, long yeah, yeah, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I sold them all. Um, I also did give a bunch away, though, so I guess I didn't mm-hmm. sell all of them. I gotcha. probably, probably sold 80% of them and gave the rest away. That's still um, good, though. Yeah, like, I gave some away to, like, I had some friends that came from, like, I hadn't seen them since, like, elementary school, and they moved out of the province. I don't remember which province they moved to, but they came back, and I gave them shirts, and then, like, I gave some out at shows, and uh, I don't know where else I would have given them out. But, yeah, I definitely gave a few out. Hell, yeah. And I know specifically, because when I was typing this, I went, he had a sticker on a stop sign. <laughs> In town, yeah, yeah, that's crazy that you remember that. Yeah, I just put that up on the Elgin Street stop sign in Lindsay. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, my friend Cole lived on that street, so I uh, we were walking by and I just slapped it up on there. I was like, I'm just gonna put it there now. There's also a bunch of them with the red dog in Peterborough all over the walls. There's like buns, bands, and rappers have put like their stickers all over that place, and yeah, mine are in there too. That's funny as shit. Because I know Jay Rich has been talking about trying to find a way of selling merchandise. So Yeah, him and I could talk. We, I mean, like, I haven't made shirts in a while, but I still have all the stuff I need to do so. Okay, cool. Definitely, yeah. Who was your first performance? Or where was your first performance? Not even, first. Like, so, like, I th- it's, it's kind of a blur because, it's first of all, it's been a little bit. It's been, like, five years. But also, it's been, like... It's been, it just, I, I'm kind of at a loss for words because I'm trying to say so much at once. Sorry. I, when I started performing, it just took off. Like I met so many people right away that I just kept doing it over and over. And so like I started and just went with it. I think the first one I did was 
in Peterborough, but I'm not going to count that because there's nobody there. So basically, right. <laughs> um, I remember seeing, I was, I just moved into my first apartment right after I moved out of high school. And, uh, I remember I'd connected with this dude, Billy Marks, who was like a small hip hop promoter, um, in this area, like Lindsay Peterborough, Oshawa. Um, he was sharing that there was a like a local rap show happening in Lindsay, and uh, it was for this dude Dirty Doc who was doing like a that was one of the stops of his his Ontario run. So I hit up Billy Marks. I was like, I need to be a part of this. Um, and he was like, Yeah, um, I'm gonna book the Red Dog in Peterborough tomorrow night. You can like come, you know, get on a stage and see how it feels in front of people. And then I performed for like two people that night. <laughs> um, literally the night after, I was talking to him and. It was cool. Uh, I remember, like, it was it was real interesting, like, getting on stage and just, like, the lights in your face. You really can't see anything. So, yeah. at least, like, I didn't have to r- realize I was performing for an empty room. I kind of, like, wasn't able to see much. But <laughs> a couple weeks after that, uh, the Lindsay show happened with Dirty Doc. And I, I don't remember who started the show. I know I wasn't the very first performer, but I was, like, one of the first. And it was, uh, it was interesting. It, it's... I talk about this with artists a lot. I feel like it's important to go through those situations where you're performing for 20 people and you can see that none of them are really interested in seeing you. They're not really there for you. They're there for other people. Um, It's important to be in that position because you learn from it. You learn so much from um, being kind of like stared at without real like intent or like interest. And you learn how to control a room and how to like read people's, um, kind of like their, not judgment, but like how they're feeling in that moment and kind of be able to perform accordingly. And if you're unable to do that in front of 20 people and you're unable to get that out of the way, then like down the road when it's a thousand people and you have to win over a crowd that you're opening for, that's going to be a way harder situation if you've never done that. So I think it's really important for artists to do those small shows and get that out of the way and get those experiences because uh, you learn a lot from it. Yeah. It's important. I feel like that comes with like, that like that helps their legacy for sure and yeah yeah uh, building character and yeah and it's great for networking like it's so important to it to learn um your local scene and who's in it and who uh, is you know trying to achieve the same goals as you that's the thing with the Lindsay show i that was like the only rapper in Lindsay at that time you know what i mean like no one else was really trying to do this like i was and like it showed everyone else that was there was from other cities and uh it's all good. Like I ended up meeting a lot of people that I still work with today. And I think that if any, if nothing else, even if it's not, you know, the experience of performing, go there to network with people because you're going to meet people that are doing the same thing as you. Oh God. Yeah. And a lot of people will definitely have more connections. Than, Absolutely. Yeah. And those, that, those connections definitely will build your career and everything. That was my downfall. I think part of the MBM program where like literally you have to, and like, the program's part of uh, networking. I just sucked at, like, walking up to random people being like, hi, how are you? Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not great at, like, just randomly walking up to other people either. It has to be, there has to be some context. Like, if I'm in yeah. a room, if I'm opening for someone or if I'm working on a show, it's so much easier for me to um, introduce myself, like, with that already being the context. Like, if, if it's just some random person on the street and I want to go talk to them, I'm not great with that either. But no. in the music industry, that's kind of the one thing that I'm, I think I'm actually really good at. I think that's like probably one of my strongest points is my ability to network. And it's why I'm in the position I'm in right now. 
Yeah, because what that's you've it, that's it. been up to. Yeah, it's, it's it's just being able to meet people and connect. And you, the thing I think one of the most important things is you have to have something that these people need. You have to have, like be able to provide them with something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Being able to be or have more than one talent per se. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's and definitely. And there's no like. In the music industry, like you, you, there's nothing wrong with trying to you know get your way in if you've never had experience because a lot of it is just a personality thing. But I think the other thing that's really important for a lot of these young artists is attitude. Like you just have to be a positive mm. person, and you just want to be like you, if you're like you know bad mouthing other people that you've been around. It's a really small industry, and so word spreads, that's and exactly. everyone knows everyone, especially in the Canada music industry. That's something that was relayed to me a lot in my second year of college, and I am now realizing it's actually really true. Like, now once I go out, I see the same people in Kitchener and in the London area that are in Kingston. You know what I mean? Like, it's people are, it's such a small, tight knit industry in Canada, and everyone really does know everybody. No, people really do. And the people that you meet that help you, some of them are the best people ever, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you're producing. Yes, we were talking about that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I started producing, like, super early on. Um, when I was still in high school, I got the FL Studio free trial. And, like, we were talking about um, off-air, kind of, like, I, I used to make beats all in one session or, like, keep it, um, just not close it and, like, minimize the window so I could do other stuff on my computer just because you couldn't save and reopen it. So by the time I was actually able to afford to buy it, that's when I started to take it a little bit more seriously. And... Um, I think like 2019, 2020 would be around that time period. Mm-hmm. And that's also around the time I started to learn how to mix my own stuff, like on a, on an actual, like decent quality level. Yeah. I think one of the things that drives me to do it now, again, like we were talking about, I spent, there's a song burn on Spotify. One of the only songs I have that I didn't make the B for. I spent close to 600 bucks Canadian on that exclusive right. And, uh, I don't want to do that again. So now I make my own beats and I work with like my personal friends who make beats. Um, and we all break bread and it's great. Oh yeah. I know Jay Rich has got his own crew of people that he knows and that he goes to. Uh, we've done a lot. Him and I have done a lot together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just like the connection too. building a connection and helping someone's also just as fun. Um, Cause I'm doing that with someone right now. Just, He's trying to get some beats. He knows that I've been doing it. So, I don't know. I love the in-studio connection, working with someone, the vibes and everything. It's, it's just, different. It hits different <clears throat> and probably some of the best times just to do it. Like, Yeah, Jay Rich and I just did a collab. Yeah. And uh, I'm fucking, I'm so hyped. I love that song. And know we talked about in his interview a little bit too. I, um... I'm so hyped. Like the verse, I went so hard on the verse for that track. Um, I, yeah, I'm excited for that one. That is an example though of, he had that song ready and it was an open verse and, and then he just sent me it and I recorded my verse and I emailed him my verse. Like that's how that was done. We didn't get together in the studio. We are going to though, for sure, because it's a completely different vibe when you're actually working with somebody versus like just kind of emailing back and forth. Oh yeah. Um, what is your process with writing lyrics when it comes to... Oh, it's so all over the place. Um, when it comes to what? Sorry, I kind of cut you off there. No, good. Uh, when it just comes to writing your lyrics. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, okay. So it's so different all the time. Sometimes like this morning, I, I just had like some random, random shit come to me 
And like, like as soon as I woke up, sometimes it's situations like that. Like right as I'm falling asleep or right as I'm waking up, I'll get like some insane idea for a lyric, like one or two lines. And then sometimes I'll take that and I'll build off of it. Or, um, sometimes I'll, I'll kind of like just randomly throw something on that I haven't heard in a while, like a beat. Um, because I have like a folder full of beats I haven't used yet or like hear a new beat, one of those two things. And it'll just, something will hit me and I'll just write a verse right then and there. And it'll take me 10 minutes and it's insane. That is usually the most, that's like the most, the dope, the really dope stuff that I have. That's where that came from. The second verse of burn. I wrote that in like five, 10 minutes. Um, California second verse of that. I took like a couple months on. So it depends on what the song is and the context of the song. Cause California, I knew that that's a song all about smoking weed. And like, while it is on one subject, there's a lot of different things that you can do with that. Like there's a lot of different punchlines and things you can talk about in the context of smoking weed. So I knew I wanted to kind of not repeat anything and have a bunch of different like subtopics in that second verse that weren't in the first verse so that, you know, there was more to listen to. And uh, I took a lot of time with that one. So it's a little different for every song. Sometimes I have to really sit there and just force myself to write. Like sometimes I can't, nothing's instantly hitting me and I have to kind of force myself to get stuff out. That stuff won't be great. I'll think of a way to make it better. And then from there, I'll be able to build. It's it's all over the place. Fair. Uh, do you have like a favorite topic per se that uh that you had fun writing with is there one that you want there's something you want to write about but it's been the toughest so far yeah um that's a great question it's a really great question i so like i don't necessarily have a favorite topic i like to talk about i i'm really big on genuine like just being genuine and being authentic and being um relatable those the relatability is the biggest thing to me that's why i always say chris webby's my favorite rapper he's not like i don't think he's the best rapper in the world but i relate to him the most so that's why i fuck with his shit and so my favorite topic would just be whatever i'm dealing with at that current moment like you know i smoke a lot of weed i talk about weed a lot but i also (laughs) don't want to be a one-dimensional like stoner rapper at all because like there's so much more to my personality than that i I think it's really important, like I was saying earlier, for people to follow what they believe in and to um, find their purpose, as corny as that sounds, it is, you know, like finding your purpose, like it it gives your life a lot more like uh, color (laughs) and like brightness. You just, once you find that, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But I don't mean you in general. I mean, whoever listened to this, if you haven't found that yet, you'll understand what I mean when you do. But I just love this shit. So whatever is going on in my life, I'm going to make a song about it. But the second part to that question, something I want to write about that I haven't yet. Um, I, yeah, like there's been a lot of like, I think I want to talk about relationships I've been through and like, you know, romantic bullshit that's happened throughout my life, but I haven't figured out a way to do it that is unique to me yet. I haven't figured out a way to do it without sounding like NF and every other artist who does exactly that. You know what I mean? I want to do it in a way that's unique to me. What makes you different then? Oh, I don't think it, I don't think I'm necessarily different. I just think stylistically, I don't want to make the same stuff that everyone else makes. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So I think, um, I mean, I've, I've been through like a lot of different things and, uh, like when it comes to like romance and relationships and all that. And I, 
I've had a lot of time to process it. I know what I want to say. I just haven't figured out like how I want to say it. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, like I've put out three songs and one of them's like the only half decent and, and I still myself try to write, but like, I have a topic, but I don't even like, I can, I don't even know what I want to say half the time mm. or what sounds good. And then even if I have something myself, I just don't even know like my voice yet or what works best for me. Okay. So that's my, like my thing too on the mic. But one thing that I found that like really helps me, um, I like, I, I don't do it as much anymore, but I did it younger for sure. Whatever I wanted to make a song about, I would write that like really big in the middle of a page. And then kind of have, like, around it a bunch of words that kind of... And, like, ideas and concepts that relate to that that I want to, like... Like, obviously a song has something... It's about something. But then, like, for example, California, I would just, like, write weed on the page. And then, like, you know, getting kicked out of shows Mm. for it. And, you know, getting suspended from high school. And, you know, almost getting arrested. And and all these different things that come along with that that I want to actually make specific lines about. And then I kind of am able to visualize it all, kind of put it together in a way that makes sense. You know what I mean? Right. I think that might help with what you're talking about. Fair. I might have to try that out then. We mentioned it a little bit. MBM. Yes, MBM. How was that f- with uh, for you? I have um I have some mixed opinions on on MBM. I think uh, I came into it with a lot of understanding of what I was already going to learn, and I think that's kind of the downfall for me. Right. Um. I will say, out of everything I learned, some of the most important stuff was about how record labels operate and um, specifically how they take money from people that don't expect it. Right. <laughs> I think that's um, some of the most important stuff. Cross-collateralization, um, 360 deals, really understanding how those work and uh, how artists end up frustrated and wondering where all their money went. It really comes down to, honestly, once they sign that deal, they just don't understand what they're signing. Right. Half the time. And it's, well, actually, all the time. Um, unless the artist, you know, educates himself on the business, which I think everyone should do. But, like, f- actually, Wiz Khalifa, I did a whole presentation about him because he sued his label. Um, I think it was Rostrum. I could be wrong about that. I think he sued Rostrum for a three, to get out of a 360 deal that he signed when he was 16 years old. Oh. Because he didn't understand what he was signing. Yeah. And so, years down the road, when Rostrum has no real... Like they're not responsible for the millions and millions of views and the you know hundreds of thousands of dollars he's getting from shows, but they're still taking that money Damn. because he signed that deal. Yeah. So it's shit like that. Like artists don't typically understand the industry; they just make music. And then there's a lot of greedy people that understand the industry that don't make music that want to come take that from them. Mm. So that's why I wanted to get into the the, the program in, in the first place, and then. Once I got there, like I said, the first year was a lot of like the same stuff that I already knew, but it was a lot of fun. Like I had a lot of fun in Greg Jarvis's class, music history. That was great. Shout out Greg. Unfollow me on Instagram. What's up, Greg? (laughs) (laughs) That man's posts on. He's wild. Yeah, on his. um... But he unfollowed a bunch of us on Instagram. So did he? Yeah, I don't really. It was whatever. Dude's touring like Europe or whatnot. Yeah, so. Greg. Basically, Greg. Um, Greg's dope. He was probably my favorite professor I ever had. My favorite teacher I ever had. Period. And everyone hated him. I think the world needs more bluntness <laughs> like that. I guess that's right. Yeah. The world needs more people that are just gonna say it how it is, and he's the example of that. But um, 
some of the classes I enjoyed. Like first, I'll, actually, I'll get into why I liked his. He basically, I'm assuming it was the same thing with you. He made us listen to like playlists yep. and, and like historical albums, and yep, then yep. write weekly journals about it. It was so sick. I got to learn so much stuff. I remember there was like throughout the '60s and '70s weeks specifically, I was finding so many hip hop samples, like so many things that were sampled in rap songs. Um, some like stuff from ABBA and like, yeah. <laughs> um, outside of music history, I really like networking, which we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Learned quite a bit about um, body language and how to communicate without coming off on it like unauthentic i realized that like sometimes people tend to like listen just to respond to something right so like you know someone could be like i could be telling someone like a story about something and they could just be like waiting for me to be done just so that they can respond to it rather than actually taking in that information and once i became conscious of that i realized i actually did that a lot so i've switched that up i i definitely interact with people better since they've taken that class um what else was there that was really helpful in the second year, music industry math was probably the best class. With, did you have it with Catherine? No, I had uh, Jen. Oh, okay. I don't know. Catherine's great, though. I had her for Senton, I think. Marnie? Yeah, I had Marnie for a few. Marnie. Marnie. <laughs> I love Marnie, but I don't think she likes me very much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if... Yeah, I don't know how Marnie feels about me a little bit. Uh, although, like... I, like the odd time I will see her and she's like, oh, hi, Sean. So yeah, it's, it goes well. So yeah, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like over, I like overthinking a lot of it. But <laughs> Yeah. I honestly, dude, I didn't have any problems with any of the professors there. I loved all of them. They were all great. Tony was, I mean, Tony was, he's a character. I will, you know, Tony. Oh, I love Tony. Tony's so great. He, uh, he's awesome. He, he we had him for, um, event workshop as well. And then, I will say, like, Scent Class was the one I have the most mixed feelings about. I think it has the potential to be good. It's just not. Fair. Like, Scent, personally, it was my favorite class, but something about it pisses me off. Like, I'm not going to lie, pisses me off. You know what the issue is? But I think it's other people. Cause it they're, is. Because they're, their communication is, no offense, awful. Here's the thing with the music industry. Even though it's so it's so ironic, because... It takes such a crazy amount of dedication and persistence to make it here, but it attracts such a lazy clientele mm. of people that are interested in it. Like the people that want to do this typically are not, I hate to say it, but like a lot of people who, who want to be in the music industry, they're not exactly the hardest workers. And that's a problem because you need to be a really fucking hard worker here. Yeah. Um, I definitely had some problems with the artists when I Mm. was doing it because for both the first year and second year um I was producing and like I've had I like I've shown up to well just as a whole I've shown up to a session only guy there yeah the thing with the artists too, like I, I understand that frustration because I've had issues with artists in that program too but you also need to think of it from their perspective it's bullshit like they're real artists, like they're really, yeah. you know, and they're being brought in to do jokes, like joke around, basically. Base, yeah, essentially. Like, but. like it's it's kind of like I I think um, I'm not gonna mention names, but someone in my year was um, talking to the professors about it and said something along the lines of like, you can't expect us to bring in real world artists for like these half-assed fake projects. Essentially, yeah, yeah. Um. We're pretending. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're pretending. Yeah, because it's not like... 
We call ourselves record labels, but we're not. T- it's not to the extent that we cannot we, offer these artists anything that a record label can offer these artists. Yeah, no, of course not. Um, but I had a problem with one because this was. I don't know. Did you have um, anyone in the class partake as an artist? Yeah, we had that. Because I had to deal with one. He was part of. I think it might be photography or something. But on, but like on, like outside of school, he's uh, an EDM producer, and for one session, he was come. He came in as an artist, and I walked in as the producer with my laptop ready. Mm-hmm. I walked in, and he goes, and they were like, "Oh, I have the beat done. We're just writing right now," and I'm sat there like, "I'm in the do my job, and we're gonna use your beat." I walked into a session once for scent. This is so bad. I walked into a session and they're like, yep, song's ready. We just need the beat. I'm like, what do you mean song's ready? If you need a beat, what do you mean the song's ready? That does not make it harder. He's like, yeah, we're ready to record. We just need the beat. And I'm like, bro, what do you mean? Like, that doesn't. So I like, I got there. I'm like, okay, we have two hours. I'm like, not going to waste two hours making you a beat. I'm going to fucking go through what I already have. And that's it. I didn't even like, and it was a beat that I actually really liked. So I didn't even like, I didn't give him a license to use it outside of the class or anything. Like it was just for that, for yeah. scent. So he could put it on SoundCloud or whatever. Yeah. With for the scent LP. And then, yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, scent is basically like a mock music industry where there's like all, there's every student in the music business program is put into all these different enterprises, whether you're like a record label or you're an artist manager or you're a producer. Um, I think there's engineers, there's like a photography one, there's, um, a, there's a newsletter there's a newsletter one there's a merchandise one whatever you're in you're basically working and operating as this like fake music industry and on paper it sounds great it sounds like you know you could do some really cool stuff the school has a recording studio for us to use they have all these like a, a photography studio we could make some cool stuff and it's a great way to, like to learn in a sense yeah if but done well. it just doesn't work because not everyone's on the same page and not everyone wants the same outcome no so it's yeah. a mess well, yeah, that one session I t- um, just mentioned, like, um, I walked in, it was like, you had the photographer, the A&R, the songwriter, and the artist, all four of them were buddy buddies in the class, so I'm like, I'm, I can't just sit here and speak up, because, like, it's four against one at this point, yeah. and I was terrified to say anything, so now I'm walking into this uh, studio session, and they're like, oh, Sean, what's the uh, BPM to this beat? I sit there, I looked, I looked at the artist, I went, I was like, uh, and he was kind of like, oh, uh, I think you told me it was like this. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I had to play it off. Like, I had no idea what, I don't, I don't like, I didn't, I don't even think I've heard the beat or whatever it was. I didn't know, know what the BPM was. I don't think I've actually listened to the whole song. Mm. Actually, no, wait. Well, that, that year we did, we put them on CDs, so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I have I have a Christmas one in my car. <laughs> it was uh, it was it was actually that one was amazing. But um, uh, no, I just had no idea. Like I felt like Hannah Montana somehow. I was like living a double life here, going like, yeah, I came in to produce this, but I didn't really produce it. And I'm just that's rough. Yeah, you know, it was it it was rough. It sucked. I ha- I even had another one with, and uh, not to hate them, great people. Uh, equal. I know them best the nicest people i've ever met but because i don't play guitar like that and they do their whole session was just them doing it so i came in as the producer but because you're really engineering not even oh you there's someone else at the computer too 
Oh, oh yeah, we had producers and oh, engineers. Oh my god! So See, I had to do both. I was basically I was I was a producer in Emerging Productions, but really I was an engineer. Oh no! See, no, I no, I was producer, and then we had a whole separate team of engineers. So I showed up, listen, but again, because they're talented in playing the guitar, that's what they recorded in the yeah. studio. But they had a whole engineer for that. So okay, yeah, basically, like my situation with it was. Like I had to make the beat too, but I was I was the engineer as well. Like we, and I think I think push play and emerging productions are actually merging for the next upcoming years in scent because of this problem. Um, we had a lot of like granted there was a lot of producers and 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 engineers alike not really doing much. That I felt bad for the engineers though because there was nothing for them to engineer. Like the producers were literally doing everything, and they just kind of had to wow do like practice tracks and shit for their hours, but. Yeah, the MBM program as a whole. I mean, like it structurally, it's not bad. There's some really good information in there, especially for someone who doesn't know anything about the music industry. Like you'll learn a lot. Yeah. Um, but if you already have an understanding of it, outside of the few examples of real world stuff, like for example, um, the band manager for Simple Plan and also Classified is was the copyright teacher love liam liam kaleem shout out liam probably the coolest shout person out I this met. guy he was the chillest dude ever he was so cool yeah so he manages both simple plan and classified and it was cool because he got to give us real experiences and, and examples of like the differences between what these bands can demand based on what their popularity is like classified you know he's popping but it's not like He's not Gucci Mane. So like, and, and Simple Plan, like they're, they're a bit of a bigger band. So they can negotiate a little bit better deals from themselves than someone like Classified can. And he explained that to us um, based on simply how many tickets they sell and how many records they sell and how well they do on tour. It really just comes down to how many people want to come see you play. And um, yeah, this, it, it, he's awesome. I really like learning no, from he him. Was, yeah, he no. was so sick. The information he gave out and the work he gave us was just it it made sense like i think he was one guy who definitely made everything make a lot of sense um we even for the second years we had uh to do we had to write an uh artist pitch like oh, yeah. we were sending an email okay. and uh i he's like pick an artist so everything for him I was pitching Jay Rich like crazy. <laughs> of course, of course. Because well, one, I'm managing the guy, so got to get that real practice in. But also, I I went to him and I was like, "Have you? No way. What I? I wanted the feedback on my uh, pitch." And he goes, "I like it." He was like, "I change. I would add and change these two things." Uh, and apart from that, if you send that to an actual like A and R, you could get someone to pick them up. And I went, "Okay, question." Can I edit this and send it to you for real? And he goes, yeah, go for it. And I sent it. He goes, love it. But I'm not look at the moment. I'm not looking for someone. I get and, it. And I went, all right, totally fair. And I appreciate it. So, and he, I actually asked him cause I remember you saw him and I, in a room yeah, yeah, when yeah. you messaged me about it. I like during that little meeting, I was at, I was talking to him about so much shit. I like, I was, I was trying to get all the copyright information I could out of the dude. I was like, yes, this is my plan. I'm going to steal a bunch of beats from the 90s and just rap on them. And he was like, okay, you're fucked. And I was like, all right, I guess I won't do that. But we also talked about um, artist management. And I was like, are you like interested in managing other hip-hop artists at all? And he basically, he broke it down to me like, I, have, I only have so many opportunities available hip-hop-wise, right? 
And those opportunities provide classified with his career, essentially. So if I start dividing that up, it's less for him, more for other people. I got to start picking and choosing who I give those opportunities to. It's just not fair for anybody. That's why he only manages one rapper at a time. Right. And I understand that now. I, w- I didn't think I didn't even think about that prior to talking to him about that, like that um, aspect of being an artist manager and having to like if you have the same if you have two artists of the same genre, you you essentially have to start picking and choosing. Fair. Yeah. He never explained that to me. But but like now hearing it, though, and I was like, I just to to even begin with, I appreciated his time oh, and even the effort of him just to look over it. But I but now like that makes a lot of sense, though. Yeah. I showed him burn. Um, yeah, I played Burr for him. He's like, yeah, man, like quality content. It's all great. Like, keep going. <laughs> he was, um, I, um, I was talking to him and having like, um, about possible shows for Jay Rich and like what we could do for Jay Rich as for, like for his own shows and stuff. And he helped me like, like I literally was pulled up a Google uh, spreadsheet or whatever, and I was like typing out ideas and like listing numbers and anything that's possible and he's like you could do here and do this and this and this so like when the time comes there's like a rough plan right now or there's something there thanks to his help hell yeah no super dupe uh doped guy he's great he uh i don't know do you do you fuck with classified did you go see him in peterborough recently i knew he was there i just didn't i don't think i had the time to but man it was dope yeah uh, i'm not like a super fan or anything but i i know some of his music from like when i first came into this shit and that's like because he was another one that was kind of in that realm mac miller chris webby you know in that time frame so um yeah i fuck with i fuck with classified and he's he's a he's a really impressive artist he did uh basically like in a whole acoustics tour um that's, oh, I don't yeah. remember when, but it was a retrospective tour, and it was uh, he went to Peterborough. Um, he, I think he performed like in the Clock Tower, like on George Street. Like he was like it was in a it was in a venue I've never heard of until I saw him play there, and um, it seemed cool as fuck. He like got like a live MPC was like playing all his beats live. There was people on acoustics, acoustic guitars. I was gonna really say cool. I did see because I thought I think he uh, released a music video for acoustic version of i think it was inner ninja or something probably and i was like all right that's cool um you do you remember Alyssa adams that sounds familiar but no uh she well she she worked at the warehouse boys and girls club uh and she played me one song from him called beating it that came out 15 years ago okay and it was just him it's literally i was i was amazed in the way um, cause yeah, it was this whole song and B was set up, but he, like, he walks into the studio. He's like, he, like, it's literally like, all right, I'm gonna go make a beat. I'm gonna make a song. And it's like, and he's rapping about what he's doing. Like you hear him like flipping through samples. He goes, yo, bring that back. Loop it. Let's add a hi-hat. And like, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's kind of like weird, corny, cheesy, but it was like so cool. Hold on, hold on. I have it, uh, brought up here after Walmart. After Walmart. <laughs> After a quick Walmart read. Back to school shopping. Oh, yeah, I guess it's that time. Yeah, Fuck. right? God damn it. Mmm. <laughs> That's sick. 
Yo, this is dope. And it's just shit like that. It's so good. And I That's like, actually dope as fuck. I, I, it was so sick. And I was like, can I... I, I tried to attempt like a, just a more modern way of doing it, but <laughs> I, it did not sound any good. I don't know if I even still have it on my uh, desktop, but... <laughs> See, like when you were saying that, it's definitely... Like, when you were explaining it, it definitely sounded corny. He did it in a way that didn't come off super corny, but I feel like it would be really hard to do that without being corny. <laughs> Exactly, right? It's hard to... Yeah. Yeah. Can't mimic that. But, but he killed that. That was fucking sick. Yeah, no, it's so fire. And yeah, no, every time I see her, I think of it, and then... And I just... Yeah. It's so different, but... It's so clever. Uh, uh, any new... art Like, have uh, any artists that are, like, underrated to you right now? Like, who are you listening to that... Underrated. Some underrated people. I'll ever, I'll forever say Chris Webby's super underrated. I'll forever be saying that. Yeah. Bro does not have enough fans. He's and he's got like he's someone that has like, let's check. I think he's around like in and around a million monthly listeners on Spotify. So like he's popping, but it's not where he should be, in my honest opinion. I think Chris Webby is super underrated. I think even though Corday's starting to pop, I think he's underrated. That dude needs to be a superstar. Jay Rich also said that too. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else I genuinely think is underrated. I will say I do think there are some people that are overrated. All right. Who's overrated? <laughs> I'm going to get so much flack, probably. Uh, Jack Harlow. Okay. Uh, I, I, he's not bad, dude. Like, he's so good. It's just like I don't I – don't, and it, I, it's you can't say this shit without sounding like a hater, and I understand that. But I, can, I just don't think he should be as big as he is. Really? And that's just my opinion on – and it – the. <laughs> It sucks because he has so much mass appeal. Like, it's a, it's the style of someone like myself. Like, he has the style of an underground rapper with the appeal of a mainstream artist. And it's really weird, but hats off to him, man. He's done really well for himself. Jack Harlow's absolutely killed it. Yeah. Uh, although, the hype for when you put out First Class. Yeah. The, the, the song was really good. I, I will give him. It. But I think the hype for that album... I didn't. I'm not a big fan of that album. Uh, that's probably, if I'm gonna be honest, I think that's probably my favorite project he's done. Really? Yeah. Like the the new one he did right after that. There were some cool tracks on it, but I didn't like it. Like I liked that one. Yeah, Jackman or whatever. Yeah. Um, I was hoping Jackman was gonna be super like, cause that was just um, that that one was just our like a base like just a drop. Like he yeah. didn't promote the fuck out of it. And I was like, all right, this should be cool stuff. But it didn't feel. It felt way too like. Maybe because we're okay. Probably because like this is not the era anymore of just like mixtapes. For no, not at all. So uh, I don't know what I was trying to make think of, or I don't know what I was thinking of when he was like hearing it. But I don't know, not as strong. But. It kind of felt like it had a mixtape vibe to it where it felt like it was kind of just thrown together. Like it wasn't really, it wasn't a well thought out project like the second album was. Yeah. But it definitely had some really good lines. He had like, there's one line where he's talking about, I don't even remember what the line was, but something about recording at his parents' house with, with the, his parents' house with the air conditioner, like being able to be heard in the mix and shit like that. Relatable. You know what I mean? Like shit oh, like yeah. that. It's, you know, I like hearing that. But, um, I think the the probably the biggest thing with Jack Harlow for me, like I again, I think he's really talented. It's just the context isn't really something I like listening to. It's kind of similar to like someone like okay, another artist I think is kind of overrated is G Easy. 
mm. um, where it's again it's it's kind of like an underground rap style with a lot of mainstream appeal. He is talking about shit that I just don't really like. He's talking about you know cheating on girls and doing drugs and you know it's not really it's, I'm not really about that. So, um, yeah. But underrated's a. It does, it's, I think it's. I, I prefer to talk about underrated. I don't really like you know hating on people and shit. That's just my honest opinion. Um, yeah, great questions. Thank you. Um, yeah, just because um, I don't know. I know there's a lot of people that have not been heard and like that. Just like I feel like need a praise because I feel like you yourself as a rapper have heard other small rappers per mm-hmm. se and. I think my like I want to know who's out there that's. Oh, you mean like okay? Well, okay. well, no, either or. Okay, maybe I maybe about, I could maybe I definitely said. Let's talk about local question. rappers. Let's talk about local rappers okay, sure. for a minute. Okay, what's a local rapper? Because then? I've only okay, and I like it, it's gonna sound so cocky when I say this. I'm just being honest. I haven't met a lot of local rappers who I consider to be really good, like really good. Um, but one that will always, bro. Have you ever heard of Mayo Carter? Yes. Oh my fucking god! Yes, that kid. I'm like an actual fan of him. Like, and I met him back. He was like working with doing the music super early on, same era that I met Jason in. And he was like, he was Jason's co-op student. Like, he spent the the last year of his high school in the doing the music studio, like doing co-op there, which is cool as fuck to me. He makes incredible music. He's from Brooklyn, Ontario. Mayo Carter. He is someone I. I put I I would bet my own money on him over myself like that. I really I really fuck with him. I met him through the MBM uh thing doing online for Scent. And again, that one was also kind of tough because he did his own production. But again, what he did was cool though. I'm not so gonna, good I'm not going to lie, man. but he's so good. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Um another one. Hmm. Let me think about this for a minute because I don't yeah, I probably should have thought about it from this angle but i was thinking like people that are already really popping that are that are underrated but no, i'm thinking yeah like if people that, that haven't been discovered yet um mayo carter is number one for sure i will always say that kid is going places <laughs> he reminds me of like a a mac miller but like a little bit crazier like just a little bit more like you know party-esque fair. um because mac miller's super like chill like not always but you know um, yeah. that's the vibe I get from Mayo. And then obviously I think I'm underrated, but also I think that I haven't done enough to be where I think I should be. So it's right. not like, you know, like that, I understand that like, I'm not, I, I'm where I should be. Realistically, I think I am where I should be. Who else? Jay Rich is really dope, but I, again, I think he's exactly where he should be. He's worked really hard to, and he's in a great position. He has like, I think he's closing in on like 2000 monthly listeners. He's doing really, really well for himself. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We could come back to that. I'll, yeah, I'll, no, think, yeah, I'll no. think about it more. I'll yeah, think about it more. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any projects that you are, are soon to come out, not from yourself, just anyone that you're excited for? This is the one time of my life where actually that's not really the case. I don't really know of anything coming up that I'm... I can't think of anything, at least. Um, I will say MGK has been teasing a rap album for like two years now. Yeah, and I'm... Because uh, he's like... Have you seen like the cyphers he's doing? Yeah. Absolutely nuts. MGK is on his bar game right now. Like, absolutely ridiculous. So, I want to see that rap album from MGK. I don't know if it's going to actually happen. Like, it's been two years since he's been talking about it. So, 
Yeah. Um, outside of that, I get like I was saying, I can't actually think of anything. This is like the, usually I am like really hyped up or something, but I can't think of anything right now. Chris Webby just ended his seven year album rollout of like the Wednesday series of albums. And the concept of that is every Wednesday for the past seven years, he's been releasing a new song. Oh, cool. And then at the end of that year, it becomes a compilation album of all the best songs. Nice. So that just ended. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do next, but nothing's announced. So I don't know where, where he's going to go with that. Hmm. Fair. And yeah, that's actually pretty cool. I know someone else. Uh, you might have heard him. Uh, heard of him because he's from Lindsay. Uh, Siege. Oh, I know Siege. I actually interviewed him for uh, an MBM thing. Oh, fire! Yeah, he's sick. He's a great guy. No, he, uh, super dope. He's yeah, man. He. I mean, I don't really know. Is he from Lindsay? I thought so. Man, I would. I would like to think he's not <laughs> because of how well he's doing. But at the same time, maybe he really is. Like I, th- I think that's crazy if he's actually from Lindsay. That's wild. I he's thought he cool was shit. because I was in the guidance office at LCBI one random day, and he was just in the newspaper. Like he they did. had a newspaper clip of him on the. He did go to LCBI. Now that I remember, yeah, he definitely did go to LCBI. He at least lived here at some point. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Siege is sick. If anyone doesn't know who Siege is, I mean, fucking. That's someone that I mean I've known about for a long time. He uh, he was out in L.A. for a bit. Yeah, and, L.A., uh, Miami. Yeah, like he's been all over. Yeah, cause his his buddy and um, DJ uh, Andrew bros open for Lil Wayne. Yeah, bros open for Lil Wayne. Like some really really crazy shit. Uh. I think he was, you know what's wild? I think he was actually at the Dizzy Wright show that I opened. Like he yeah. wasn't, oh, he wasn't playing, but I think I, I he, he was there. Like, yeah, yeah. I could be wrong about that, but I think I remember seeing him in the crowd there. Yeah, uh, his buddy Andrew and them, because Andrew works at the yeah. warehouse as well. And I got to chatting with him. Like currently works there? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Because um, I went in just uh because uh, Warren and I will do, um, we're going to start it back up when like the school stuff starts. But once a week, uh, we just will listen to a song that I've been bumping. We'll deconstruct it a little bit, just chatting about it. Um, I'll show him something I'm working on. We might work on something just so I can get like better with it. Um, but I came in person and he came about and we were just chatting. He did MBM at one point. I did. I, I remember talking to him about that briefly. Um I was like, I didn't, yeah, I was like, that was cool. Um, so we chat about that. Um, and I messaged him. I wanted to, well, while I was at, uh, Soundstream, I wanted to get Siege in to do something with him. Okay. Uh, I did send beats to him a while ago and I sent the stems. I don't know if they're going to do anything with them. Uh, I haven't heard anything about it, but I think I sent him some beats too after my interview with him too, actually. I don't know if he's again. I don't know if he's gonna do anything. With yeah, him. but his from what I've heard and seen, his hustle doing what he's been doing has been quite impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Just going out to Miami, L.A. with nothing and just kind of fucking winging it. Yeah, yeah, quite impressive. And I, in a way, <clears throat> I condemn that because that's that's pretty that's pretty dope. And he's he's got a little bit of the Tory plug right now. I mean, well, I don't know about right now, but throughout yeah. like the fucking history of time like the past 10 years he's done some really crazy shit yeah he uh i think if i'm not mistaken i think he did a europe tour with tory lanes 
Yeah, he was on tour with them. I think he did a Europe tour. Tour, yeah. Um, I. Hmm, what other tours has he done? I remember I asked him about a bunch of shit because I I really researched the dude like before I interviewed him and I made sure that I had like really good questions about his his come up. Um, I remember one thing that I noticed about him was like all his tracks are super short, and that's one thing I asked him. I was like, "Do you like think that that's where the industry is going? Like with uh, people's attention spans just dwindling? Like everyone's just really into like these minute and a half, two minute songs?" And he's like, "Yeah, dude. Like they all get a crazy amount of views compared to like when I drop just a three and a half minute song with like choruses and everything. Like just a sixteen to twenty four bar verse like with a specific topic does so much better. That's really interesting to me, and it makes sense." where everything's going like with the youtube shorts tiktok instagram yeah. reels all this shit makes sense no for sure and um i because even <clears throat> again recording with jay rich we do short songs too and he says the exact same thing because because i sit there and go because like i'll have like a two minute something song or like beat prepared and he's just and like to each their own we'll cut some of it out and i sit there and go they're so short though but he's like, but he he said it himself. He's like, he's like, people just love that short. Yeah, like, they, it makes sense. It does. It does, and I and I totally get it. I think that's uh, and that's yeah, that's something Siege definitely. He was like that. That was after we cut the can or the recording off. He was like that. Like you really thought this through. That was a good question. Um. Yeah, that's something I thought about for sure. And I uh, I'm starting to influence it myself. My next release is a minute forty. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm about to start doing shorter stuff too. I also think it's like it's it it just allows you to like make more content. Yeah. Yeah. And I also obviously I want to do like full songs too. It's just like you know, you got to keep it switched up. Also, I another thing that's in my mind is if you do a minute 40 like and less like if you do your tracks under 2 minutes, you can do a bunch in a live performance like with only 15 minutes you can do like that's 10 songs. That's also fair. Yeah. You do like 10 songs in a 15 minute performance. So like it's efficient in a way. Yeah, it's really efficient to do short songs. I'm finding, and uh, I think I think that's gonna be that's gonna be like the way. I also have like a five minute track coming out soon with. Um, I'm I haven't gotten everyone's verses in yet, but like right now the featured artists are um, Lukeman, Bruce Castellano, and Eli the Prophet. They're all from Ontario, and they all kill it. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that's gonna be sick. We got like a big cipher track coming up. Oh, dope! It's all ciphers. Yeah, kind of idea. man. Like I get, I gave myself the last verse on that one, of course. Yeah. I haven't even written it for. I'm, I'm literally waiting to get everyone else's verses in before I even start mine. Are you gonna base yours around what they have to say, or just? Um, no, I just, I think it makes more sense to wait for everyone else so I can work on solo stuff. Like mm, that way, I, I don't. That way, I don't just have a verse sitting there that I made that's not getting out. You know true, what true. I mean? Okay, fair. Yeah, like if I can wait for everyone else to get their verses in, or if some people don't get their verses in, and I understand that they're not as serious about it, that I can get someone else to replace them. And while as all that's going on, I can keep working on my own stuff. That way, I always have music coming out. Yeah, it's gonna take a while to get that because working with other artists, like everyone's got a different. Not it's not even necessarily like drive. It's just schedule. Like not everyone oh, yeah. can just pump out verses like that. Yeah, no one can just stop what they're doing. Uh, any. F- plans for ep album yourself i know you were just talking about california the cypher yeah so like i'm not really i was i kind of go back and forth i have enough beats to do like an entirely self-produced project if i wanted to but i think it's actually going to be more beneficial if i just release all those songs as singles because if you put out an entire project like what we were just talking about people's attention spans like they don't even want to listen to a three-minute song anymore if you put out a project with six songs on it, 
at least half those songs are going to be slept on. Right. The ones that are obvious singles, like that are obviously like the, the bangers of the project, like those are the ones that people are going to listen to. And the other ones just aren't going to get played like they would if you released them separately from the other ones. At least that's how it works in my mind. I could be wrong. We're going to find out. Fair. I'm going to test it out. And then later on down the road, I will do a full project. I think the other thing with projects too is I want it to be like a, I almost want like, I almost want to divide like my career up into eras. Like have like, like, like obviously until I get to a point where I can do a project and people are going to pay attention to it, I'm going to do all singles. And then like each different project, I kind of want to have a different, I don't know. I want to make projects at different points in my life and have them all have different like outlooks and meanings. Right. Yeah. That's like, I don't know. I, I think about, even though I'm super early in my, in my like commercial music career, I'm like, I'm thinking real far ahead as to like how I want to roll all this out. Yeah. What I'm noticing from you is like, um, big business guy. Oh, I care. I definitely, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's really important. Like if you, if you want to be in the music business, you have to like constantly reinvest. Like you don't even like, if you just keep the money that you make and you just keep it for yourself, like it's going to be hard to move forward. You got to keep reinvesting. So that's why I'm big on business is because if you don't have all your ducks in a row, it's really, uh, it's only a matter of time before it just becomes too chaotic to keep up with. Fair. You have to keep everything in line. For sure. Uh, do you have um, last question? Who's the best businessman for like for an artist? Who's the best business person that you've seen? Damn, this could go a few different ways. I'm gonna have a few different answers for this one. Go for it. Obviously, Jay Z is one of the biggest examples of a the tough someone taking like a music career and um, being able to use their their status as an artist to market themselves in a business um in a business world i think he was the first hip-hop artist to become a millionaire i think he might have actually been the first i could be wrong but he might have been the first musician to become a millionaire that i could be wrong about but he's definitely the first hip-hop figure to become a millionaire um when i met chris webby that was something because that is someone that uh he he started out his career kind of like what I was talking about earlier. He had a manager and he didn't understand the business. His manager was, you know, taking more than they should have. And um, he had to basically do what I did and like learn the business for himself and the whole landscape of everything. And now he is operating, like solely operating a, he's a team around him, of course, but he is the main founder of his record label, ADHD, which he doesn't even have a manager. Like he, he just kind of makes his own decisions and consults with those around him who he trusts. Um, it's a very different business model than what a lot of artists have in the industry. That inspires me. He's doing things how he wants to do it. Another one that, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think like, so obviously like I talked about Jay-Z, that's like one of the major ones. And then, um, Chris Webby, that's like a mid tier artist, like a mid level artist that, uh, and I want to try and think of someone like on a smaller scale too, who's really doing it right on the business stance. Um, and for that, I would say. I don't know. I might have to come back to that one too. I guess this is the last question though. Hmm. That's all I, had. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll say uh, final answer for that one. I'll say Chris Webby has been real, real um, inspiring tech nine, man. Tech yeah. Nine's another one. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with his business landscape, but strange music, like they do all their own touring, all their own merchandising. They manage their artists. Like 
all the money that gets circulated, like that would normally go to a manager or to a promoter or whatever. It just goes back to them because they do everything. Right. So they kill it too. Strange music is, I would say strange music like as a whole, but like tech nine, his manager, Chris Webby, those are kind of some of the people that I really take a lot of like influence from on a business standpoint. And then also uh, something I've learned a lot from and a scenario that um, unfolded in front of me when I was a teenager was the funk volume situation where Hobson split from his label. I learned a ton from that Yeah. because at first I was like, oh, fuck, Dame, he must be doing some crazy shit. But then I once have you seen the funk volume podcasts like they did like four episodes, Damon Hobson. They've come back like recently and they've talked about all that shit and they've like actually talked about how the label fell apart and where everyone went wrong. What it really comes down to is it's just not understanding the industry. So that situation taught me a lot too. And um, yeah, I think independent artists in general, into the independent hustle is what really motivates me. Being able to do things without, you know, the, the industry per se, like you can operate as a musician outside of what the norm of the music industry is and having to sign to a label and give away 90% of your income. You don't have to do that anymore. Like people can, you know, market themselves and do what they got to do on their own terms. It's really, really cool. Yeah. No, being able. Yeah. That's really clever from, I didn't know uh, Tech Nine was. Yeah, man, Tech Nine and uh, Tech Nine owns the label Strange Music, him and his um, business partner, his name's Travis. I don't know his last name. They um, they founded Strange Music. I don't remember what year, but ever since then, like they've just been running shit. Like Ritz is signed to them. I don't actually even know like the full scope of all who's who's signed to Strange, but Strange Music has some really good artists, and they do incredible stuff. Hell yeah! Because I know I talked about how much um, I liked Drake as a businessman. Yeah. To a, to an extent, and I think my favorite thing, or what. I, I think like my favorite thing that he's done was when he released uh honestly never mind to an extent. Yeah. Just putting out all that like club like music or something just to give DJs or whatnot to bounce like to just like have something new. But then also he, he knew that to the extent of how that would do so you gotta drop Jimmy Cooks with twenty one Savage just to get something popping and charting. Mm-hmm. I think um yeah, Drake is, I used to really hate on Drake and not give him the full credit. Like, I've recently really become a fan of Drake's music. Like, he is dope. <laughs> Yo, this is so, like, outdated, but this song, you know, Over? Yeah. Bro, I have a song that was stuck in my head for, like, all of last week. <laughs> and it's 2023. <laughs> Shit came out in, like, 2009. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, and um. And I think I'm excited for his, whenever he releases his latest uh, new project. Yeah, man. I fuck with Drake. I fuck with, uh, yeah, Drake's a great, you know, example of a business model, too. He has a whole, you know, clothing operation. I don't actually even know the full scope of what Drake does. What do you, is he involved in a lot of business shit, too? Well, sure he, he, is. he, I know he's got OVO, but then he's got his clothing line with Nike itself. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Nautica or something like that. Um, I know he's got candles. Which is like the Drake. weirdest thing. To yeah, say. no, Drake's the type of <laughs> Drake's he, the type of dude to make candles. He would be, though. Yeah, um, <laughs> Lover Boy himself. Um, well, and then again, like I guess with his OVO, he's done stuff with the Raptors. Okay. He's put stuff out with the Leafs, uh, Sc- uh, Scarborough Shooting Stars, the uh, Toronto FC. 
don't know. Wendy definitely comes to his OVO line. He's definitely got a lot of businesses going on with just the clothing. Like, he's had Disney collaborations, Playboy. Oh, shit. Uh, fuck, who else can I even think of? Bobby Althoff. <laughs> that interview was hilarious. You see that shit? Yeah. Oh, man, that was so... She's fucking hilarious, dude. I love her interviews. She's so funny. They're funny. Have you heard my boy, Tyga? No, who's Tyga? Yes, dude, Tyga. That one was so funny, bro. She's like... What even was it? She's like, do you have a lot of money? And he's like, I have a good amount that I work hard for. She's like, can I have some? <laughs> oh, man. Well, okay. I got to say thank you for coming on to this yeah, podcast man. for the interview. Thanks for having me, bro. It was sick. Um, plug yourself. Where can people find you? Yeah. My name is Zach Weston. Find me on all streaming services. Um, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal. They pay me more than all the other ones. So stream me on there if you can. Oh. Uh YouTube, you know, all that shit. Instagram, at Zach Weston. Uh, I spell my name with a K, not an H. My name's not Zach, so I've always got to clarify that. Uh, Z-A-C-K-W-E-S-T-O-N. Real fucking high-level rap in the motherfucking building. Yeah. Peace out. You heard it here, folks. Thank you for listening.